what's up, Gary? Gene. Hey, Brian. Gene Hudson again. So, what we got going on? Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Open the Door. So, what we got going on, Barb? Can you say hi to Roger? I'm sorry, Roger. Roger Blair, yeah. What's happening, Roger? Welcome. Welcome. So thanks to everybody for joining us, and thanks to all the moderators. That's awesome. That's right. That's right. Um, Gotta have it. I put it in the in the um, comments, and so if you moderators could remind people, I think what we can what we're going to do today is we'll. like we've been asking, make sure that all your that your questions are in all caps or the majority of the question because it really helps us, right, Grizzly? Like when we're going back and right. forth, it helps us to address them. We don't want to miss your hi, Sean. We don't want to miss your um, questions. And so today we have Tom Cantrell, and if you don't know him, you will be blown away. Uh, you pro- a lot of people know Tom. He's such a mentor and such a helpful resource and just like to so so many people um hi eric um and he has a great presentation set for us today i mean this information is gonna just blow you away it's gonna you know when people say well you know there's not sasquatch aren't real and well what about the guy in the suit and and tom has an answer to so many of these questions it's absolutely fantastic so um if you can hi tammy if you could just hold yeah let's go Sorry. ahead i'm ready when you are <laughs> yeah. tom come on down yeah. welcome to well, the show hello. how are you doing there i'm doing better than i have any right to be for an old oh. guy <laughs> See my hat. So says i'm not old i'm classic oh that's awesome i love it <laughs> nothing wrong with that we was just jamming out um, welcome everybody to the show yeah. tammy and everybody yeah Debbie. Um, welcome tom oh my gosh yeah hi everybody so tom can you just in Briefly introduce yourself. Well, I've been doing this a while. Uh, tomorrow, uh, the 25th of August, will mark the 65th anniversary of the event that got me started investigating <gasps> Sasquatch. Wow, that's so I've, been, I've been doing this for a while. It's been 65 years now. I was 15 at the time, so I don't like to say my age because my age now sounds like some old guy. Yo, but, uh, yeah, that, that's the age old people are. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> We're all getting there. <laughs> but, uh, in on August 25th, 1958, uh, a road building crew in Northern California returned to work. On uh, uh, 65 years ago, the 25th of August was on a Monday, so they returned to work after a weekend off, and they were working out of camp, which means that they spent the weekend in camp in the mountains building their roads, and then went home on Friday night and spent the weekend home and came back. Well, they came back this particular morning and walked uh, walked to their site, started up the cat, and uh, started, you know, doing the service work for before getting started on Monday morning and uh, noticed in the dirt. Now, Northern California, when you're building roads, you'll have about that much dust on the top of your roadbed, okay? And in this dust, uh, there were tracks, 16-inch tracks, came down off the mountain, okay, up the road, around the cat, on up the road, around the next one, 
and on up and finally disappeared over the bank. That was uh, the cat skinner's name was Jerry Crew. And that became known as the Jerry Crew incident. And what happened there, that happened, first one happened on the 25th of August. And it didn't stop there. It kept happening. Okay. And uh, when it kept happening, he finally got the idea to cast these tracks. But they had a lot of, a lot of uh, things that happened here. They had full barrel diesel fuel, 700 and some pounds down the canyon, not rolled. There were no marks in that dust. It was picked up and carried and thrown down in the canyon. Whoa. A uh, tire off of uh, uh, Earth Mover, mm -hmm. 300 and some pounds, that tire picked up, carried down the road and thrown over in the canyon. Wow. Okay. The This created quite a stir in, in the camp, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. It started off with the people you know saying oh it's not possible somebody's just playing hoax but this dirt was so smooth so open nobody could have walked there without leaving tracks mm -hmm. and the only tracks were there were these 16 inch barefoot tracks mm -hmm. now it's pretty easy to tell a sasquatch track from a human track other than just the size okay due to the way we walk when you and i walk we pole vault over our knees we land on our heel with a heavy heel strike, and then we come forward. That's That means our track will be deepest at the back, okay, mm -hmm. where that heel hits. They walk with what's called a compliant gait, where the foot actually swings out, comes down, and lays flat down on the ground ahead of them, directly in line with their, with their back foot, okay? When they step forward, then now the back end they have a mid tarsal break in their foot. That breaks, okay, and the and the back half of the foot comes up. All the weight's now in the front half. So if you get a track, unless there and there can be mitigating circumstances like the soil type or gravel or rock. If you get a track and you think it's Sasquatch and the front half isn't deeper than the back half, it probably isn't. Oh, interesting. Okay. Because the, the full weight will be on it on the front half, not the back half. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's very, very important. Okay. Yes. Now that slope that he came down that they saw, um, that they saw where he came from down the mountains to get onto the road was 78 degrees. Okay. That's mm -hmm. You and I aren't walking on that. Mm -mm. No. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's a hundred and forty some, hundred and forty some percent slope. Wow. Uh, no, that's that's steeper than a cow's face. Wow. And uh, so, yeah, wow. that event eventually got to the newspaper in uh, Eureka, California, the uh, uh, Humboldt Times. Yeah, Humboldt Times. Uh, Mr. Andrew Zanzoli was the editor there. And one of the uh, wives of one of the crew members wrote to him and asked him, is there a wild man living in the California mountains? The guys are talking about that. And I'm afraid for my husband working up there. So he kind of just threw, threw it off as a, 
as a uh, hoax to start with. But he got thinking about it. The more he thought about it, the more he thought about it. Um, then he did a little bit of investigating and heard about Jerry Crew, did some investigating on him, found out the quality of man he was. He was well thought of by everybody that knew him. And uh, so when he heard that Jerry Crew was in town in Eureka for the weekend and had his track cast with him, he got a hold of him and asked him to come by the office. And if you, uh, the, if you have the pictures, if you could put up mm-hmm. JC1 or JC2, okay. The pictures are better to see than me anyway. Grizzly's going to pull that up for us. Thank you, Grizzly. You're welcome. Yeah, Tom has a bunch of great ugh, information and pictures too. So. Always, while you're working on that, I'll just go ahead and say, always. I hear, if you're so sure of what you've got, show me the proof. Uh-huh. Where's the beef? Well, you know, you don't have any proof. So all these years you're in, you don't have proof one. They're wrong. <laughs> I have lots of proof. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> that's. Uh, oh, no, that's, yeah, that's in the second. That's, that's, that's BM one. I'm on yeah. JC one. FBM two. Let's see. Yeah. I think it's in the second group, maybe, that I sent you. Yeah. The point is, I have proof enough for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Did you say JC1? JC1. Yeah. It's going to be, um, looks like a, like a, like a newspaper clipping. Let's yeah, see. that's JC2, yeah. but that's fine. Okay, that'll, okay. That'll be fine. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, there they are, Grizzly. Wait, go go up. <laughs> but yeah. to continue, I can't prove anything to anybody. All I can ever do is offer evidence. You know, how much of right. that how much of that uh how much evidence it takes for you as a person to, mm-hmm. to gain proof in your own mind. That's up right. to you. Oh, right there. Yeah, that's right. Okay. okay. There's, there's the, okay. <laughs> the one. Yeah. So this one. There, there we go. There we go. Okay. okay. Oh yeah. Awesome. Okay. okay. There's his Jerry with his, uh, 16 inch cast. Okay. Yeah. And that's the article that appeared in the in the Humboldt Times. Wow. Okay. The following day, the wire services picked that article up and it appeared in my hometown newspaper, which is about 300 miles south of there. And that lit a fire in a 15-year-old boy that still burns today. Okay. What they did after this happened, uh, a world-renowned paleontologist came in to investigate. Ivan T. Sanderson at the time 
had written 13 books on the mammals of the world, including the best read, best known books in use in that, those days. I realize that's a generation or so back now, mm -hmm. but nonetheless, Ivan Sanderson came. He did a, uh, a full investigation on it. He's the one that found where the, you know, the, where he came down off the mountain. He investigated on it and uh, did an article for Argosy magazine and another for True magazine. Now you got to remember, in 1958, those magazines were our internet. That's how we've got information. Okay. <laughs> they, they were very well read publications. Okay. If you would put up JC3, please. That's JC3 and uh, uh, JC4. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Four and five both, if you could do that. If you see, that's Jerry. Ray Wallace was a construction engineer, con construction company that Jerry worked for. Okay. Mm -hmm. What he found out when uh, when this broke is all of a sudden he couldn't keep workers in camp anymore. Oh. The only ones who weren't leaving were the Indians who worked there. Matter of fact, they were a little, couldn't quite figure out why everybody was so concerned. You know, you mean you're finally getting around to this? But uh, <laughs> where, where this uh, where this job was, it was right next to the Hoopa and the Yurok reservation. So quite a few of the of the people from the reservation worked these, you know, worked with logging crews and worked the road building crews and such like that. And uh, if you look at this print, and remember the one that we had before, mm -hmm. and you compare those prints and tell me which one's the real one, which one's a fake one. Ray Wallace got the idea, since he couldn't keep the uh, crew, that he would make this fake track and start leaving them everywhere. And then say, oh, I, that's me. I just did that as a joke. Okay. There's only one major problem with that. On the 25th of August, up through the 4th of October, Ray Wallace was in Costa Rica. That's provable. Oh. He was in Costa Rica doing, helping them get their logging industry started with their hardwoods down there. Okay. Okay. Mm. Interesting. So it had been a little difficult for him to be making tracks in Northern California when he was in Costa Rica. Wow. Okay, yeah. they brought in a uh, hunting team. Uh, Bob Brazil and his wife Leslie came in. They had he had the finest set of hounds ever ever put on the ground. It was said. Uh, he uh, uh, he waited till they got a track, and they did. They put, they had a sighting. They put him on put his dogs on a track. Mm -hmm. All four of them, they'd get a whoop and up the road, and that was the last time they were ever seen. Oh, wow. They later found, it is said, I can't prove this, but it is said that they later found the remnants of them based on trees. Mm. But that was the end of the hunting mm -hmm. of the Bigfoot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the Jerry Crew story. Okay. Okay. Yeah, wow. Well, uh, 
Ray Wallace spent the rest of his life trying to prove that he was the guy that did it. But simple fact is he wasn't even there. Okay. A, a short nine years later, there's a couple of cowboys went down in the same area. As a matter of fact, where uh, where uh, the Wallace Construction Company equipment yard was, there mm -hmm. is, the, is the same campground where Bob Gimlin and uh, Roger Patterson camped. Okay. And they were driving the roads that Wallace was was building. Okay. Mm -hmm. They uh, Roger had gotten Roger was attempting to make a, a documentary on Sasquatch. He uh, was following them up. Bob just went along for the ride. Bob loved to ride horses. He rode the the Pacific Crest Trail from Mexico to Canada wow. solo. Okay, uh, but wherever Roger wanted to go, Bob was willing to go and ride along, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, Roger came to him with, uh, they had spent Labor Day weekend in the Mount St. Helens area. They'd gotten word of a sighting up there and they got, it rained. Oh, it rained so bad they couldn't do a thing. Um, so finally they just went and Bob went back to work. He was working as a hot melt roofer out of, uh, uh, Yakima, Washington area, and uh, Roger came to him and said they'd found trash around a water tank in Northern California. Can we go? Bob says I can't get off again now. He says, uh, you know, our season's winding up here. For Rupert, their their season's over by the end of September usually, and uh, he says I can't leave now. And so uh, when it did clear up at the end of the month. His boss had told him, Bob, he, he could take off now if he wanted to. And he did. Pick, packed up Roger's little horse, his horse, and they borrowed a horse from Bob Hieronymus. And it was an ex-roping horse. Drove down to California, 600 and some miles to, to the site. Spent 20 days riding the roads all, uh, all night long in their truck and riding in the backcountry during the day on horseback. For 20 days they did this. Okay. Mm -hmm. They got the film that everybody knows. Bob Bill Munns calls it the 60, 60 seconds of film that sparked 50 years of controversy. We can, I'm sorry, we can put up the, 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 uh, yes. Patterson. yeah, Patty. Yeah, let's we go. Can, that's PG1. Let's go with PG1. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's... Yeah. There's, that's, that's the, uh, yeah. There it is. Okay, great. Okay. That's mm -hmm. frame 354. Okay. And uh, isn't that an absolutely gorgeous picture of her? Amazing. Just amazing. Yeah. Wow. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about this. In 1967, there was a guy showed up in the Yakima area going to write a, a book. Uh debunking the Patterson-Gimlin film. He got a hold of Bob Hieronymus, convinced him he was going to be a millionaire if he played along with him. And so they found a guy who Roger had talked to about a, a suit. And I have no doubt that Roger did because he was trying to make a documentary. So I would, I would be quite convinced that he had con contacted somebody about making a suit. 
-hmm. And if you go to PG2 now, Bob Hieronymus has said he was the guy in the suit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and that's the suit that Philip Morris oh, said he was making for, for Roger. Boy. Now look at that suit and compare oh, it to, to Patty. Right, right. I mean, that suit has more wrinkles in it than the fat man's chin. <laughs> okay. Clearly a, clearly a suit. I mean, Clearly a suit. Now, let's listen to Bob Hieronymus' testimony. Okay, and these are published works. They're in the, in, the, uh, in the record as published. I drove down to Orleans, and we filmed on the beach there. He later changed that to we drove four or five miles up the Blood Creek Road. I oh. put on the suit, walked across the gravel while Roger filmed it. I took off the suit and drove home. We took only one shot. The suit was made from the hide of a red horse. He later changed that to a black horse. It was a two-piece suit. The bottom was on fishing waders, and the top was pulled on over my head. I wore football pads to beef it up. Roger owed me money, and everybody else made money off this, so I should too. Go PG-3. Show me the ham. Show me where the fishing waders are, or mm -hmm. the top is pulled over the fishing waders. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Go to PG-4. Let's see where it is. <laughs> <laughs> is that Pete? That's three. I think yeah. I sent them to you in two batches. Yeah. It'd be the next, the first one in the next batch. Maybe. Okay. Uh, no, that's that's too far. Okay. Oh, is it that one? There, uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. 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 Now, in that one, show me the football pads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you remember that bat, the picture of her back. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That uh, there's no football pads there. You can see the ridge line down her spine. If you've got pads on, and you got a suit on over that, it's going to pull down, and you're not going to see that. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see. That's the first thing that struck me when I saw this was the musculature. Yeah. Everybody will tell you that sees this and is, is uh, open-minded. You can see the muscles working as she yes. moves. Do you think Bob Hieronymus would have drove, drove 14 hours to reach them, then turned around and drove back home the same day? Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, let's go to BM1. There we go. Bill Munns was a, uh, he ran the school for costumers in Hollywood, creature makers. Creature of the Black, Black Lagoon, he made. Uh, like I say, he ran the school. 
that tells me he knows something about costume making and <laughs> yes okay he took the patterson gimlin film first generation copy borrowed from patricia patterson in her home and broke it down not only frame by frame but layer by layer of emulsion within the frames you know the famous uh what they thought was a uh what some people uh said was a gunshot wound of the leg because this mm -hmm. hair showed up it isn't in there in the original as an mm -hmm. artifact introduced oh. by copying copies of copies of copies of copies of copies okay mm -hmm. and in the first generation copy it's not there the flare of light that some people used as evidence for a massacre of, of sasquatch which is one of the stupidest things i think i've ever heard in my life you spend all your life trying to see one and they found nine and shot them all mm -hmm. um, uh, no that didn't happen um but the flare on that that he uses as a sign of a gunshot isn't on isn't on the original oh, it, wow. again, it's an artifact mm -hmm. okay mm. now uh bill wrote a book and that's the bm2 called when roger met patty and in this he goes into great detail i highly recommend if you have any questions about the patterson gimlin film read this book okay he goes into that layer by layer investigation and he does some other things that are really interesting too bm3 the first thing he noticed is that that frame 352 where she's turns back and is still walking mm -hmm. she did something that we all do from time to time she took a step forward and the ground was further away than she thought it was so what she do? She hit a little hard. She bounced, okay, and her boob jiggled, okay, yep. and he got the idea to test this hypothesis. He took, he got a grant, and he took the prosthesis materials available to them in 1967, and did recreations, and then compared it against real women. He found out that the only one that would jiggle are these. Mm -hmm. The prosthesis would not. They were rigid. <laughs> okay. There you go. Wow. BM4. Yeah. Okay. Look at the lines here. Oh. What we have done is we've taken a female model. We have arranged her uh, leading leg so it's the same angle as Patty's and then drawn a line right across the buttocks all the way across. And as you can see, when you do that, nothing else lines up. Mm -hmm. See where her knees is and, and Patty's knees are? Right. Look where her chin is and Patty's chin. Then mm -hmm. look at the, at the head. Patty's head, when it, at the bri uh, brow, slants backwards. The model's head, like yours and mine, goes straight up. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow. BM6, BM5, pardon me. 
Okay. Look at her eyes. Now you can see right there at the point of where that little black arrow is. That's drawn in where her eyes would be if she matched the, the lines in the suit. Not where Patty's eyes are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Wow. It's pretty graphic, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Okay. All right. As Bill said, if you could build a suit that would imitate Patty and do the things she did, you could not find a human being that would fit in that suit. Yep. Okay. Wow. Now that's the testimony of an expert. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's do some logical thinking here. You can take the picture off if you want. Why would you travel over 600 miles from home to film a hoax? These guys lived in Yakima. Mm -hmm. They had the, the Cascade Mountains in their backyard. Mm -hmm. They had the Blue Mountains in their front yard. Why yeah. would you drive 600 miles away from that? Okay. Right. Yeah, it would. that would make no sense at all. Because Murphy's there's... Murphy's yeah. Law of Remote Location. The further you are from home, the mm -hmm. higher the odds you've forgotten something essential. <laughs> and the corollary to that law, the further you are from home, the higher the, odd, higher the odds the item you forgot is not available locally. Mm -hmm. Okay. Especially in this situation, right? And that, right. If you if you filmed at the end of some nondescript logging road in the middle of Cascades, who would ever know? Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you spend three weeks waiting to film? We're driving the roads all day, and road riding horseback or all night, and driving horseback all day. They were exhausted. Matter of fact, Bob had told Roger that he was leaving on Sunday to go home. Wow. This was uh, when he got up Friday morning. Bob rode out early. Roger hadn't gotten up yet. Roger said, well, since we only got a couple more days, can we go up into the, where we saw that real good habitat? And that was up Bluff Creek. And uh, Bob said, yeah, we can do that. We'll take a pack horse and do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Somebody had mentioned it, Sean mentioned in the comments that I think that when this film was taken, I do not believe they would make it a female, you know, if you're going to hoax it. Exactly. Who would put, who would put breasts would on the suit? Yeah. Why, why would you do, why would you go to the trouble? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't and make sense. Also, you look at the that picture from the back. Bill Munns will tell you in any uh, costuming situation, the back is always the worst part to make right. Mm -hmm. You never film from the back if you can absolutely help it okay, okay. Right. yeah um brian had a question um he there, there's no bulge in her leg that pops in and out i thought it was a torn quad that's what that was what they had said it was but no it doesn't exist in the original film oh okay so that's okay. another like artifact yeah. Whatever. Yeah. okay uh-huh okay number number three why would you use the tag end of a roll of film <laughs> yeah right <laughs> 70 76 feet of it had already been exposed just on bob you know riding his pack horse in the country and the scenery 
-hmm. If you were going to film a hoax, wouldn't you have make sure you had a fresh roll of film in? Yep. About the last 24 feet on the roll. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's right. Wow. Like, like I say, these aren't definitive proof, but they're they're good logical questions. Definitely. Definitely. The film does make the identification of the site perfect, though. Mm -hmm. Because I, you know, you can you can tell exactly where it is. When I was there before, it's it's pretty overgrown now, but I was there before it was overgrown, and and it wasn't. It was easy to tell. That's exactly where it was. Why would you pick a site three and a half miles from the nearest road? Right. Mm -hmm. On a spot <laughs> only accessible by foot or horseback. Remember Murphy's law. Mm -hmm. It compounds exponentially when you're remote from a remote site. Yep. <laughs> Why would you film next to a noisy creek? Mm -hmm. Okay. You have no communication with your actor. The banks are tricky. Roger fell down trying to cross the stream while he's still trying to film. Right. He fell flat on his face in the, in the creek. All the communications would be by hand signal. That'd be the only way that you could do it. You'd have to navigate across that water and across rough ground. And then you shoot the entire scene from behind. Now you have zero communications with your actor. He can't hear you. He can't see you. And he's, if I were going to film something like that, it'd be coming towards me, maybe then and turn and walk away, mm -hmm. but not all from behind. It did it because that's what she gave him to film. And like you said, in one take, in at the end of the roll, why would you do that? that yeah, yeah. If you if, if you traveled six hundred miles, you're not going to yeah. do it in one take and say that's good. No. Yeah. He didn't even know if his camera was working by this time yeah. because he'd fallen in the creek. <laughs> um, Roger had asked, was it wasn't it reported that Roger Patterson found different size tracks in the area where he filmed Patty? In that area, yeah, okay. that's what brought him down there originally. Okay. Uh, and they did. There was um, three different size tracks that mm. were found there. Okay. Um, yeah, that that gives you zero communication with your actor, zero control of the route and the speed, zero ability to adjust anything in the process, and the photographer is constantly chasing the actor to get a scene. Mm -hmm. If an okay. Yeah, and why shoot only one take? Yeah. He knew he ran out of film. He knew he fell at the creek and did not know if even if the camera was working. He had driven 600 miles from home to shoot the hoax with three men and three horses. Does that make sense to anybody? Nope, not to me. <laughs> I'm not a filmmaker, Enough but no. Nope. To create doubt of a hoax. Putting all seven together puts a nail in the hoax idea, in my mind. Mm -hmm. Now, how does the naysayer respond to this? <laughs> he doesn't. He, he just doesn't pay attention to you. And if you persist, he attacks you. Yeah. No? All right. Now we're going to move on to the I Am series. Oh, I love this. I Am One. And what we're going to talk about here is something called intermembral index. Intermembral index is a, is a um, constant. It's a 
anatomical constant, and it's the ratio of your arm length to your leg length. And within a species, it's constant. Humans, our arms are 72% of the length of our legs. Okay. I am one. As you can see, measured from shoulder to wrist, from hip to ankle. All right. My arm is 23 and three quarters inches from shoulder to wrist. My leg is 33 inches hip to ankle. If I, my, my IM is the ratio of 23.65 to 33 times 100 to clear the decimal places or 71.97 rounded up to 72. Okay. Now, does that mean everybody in the world is going to have exactly 72? No, but that puts it in the center of the bell curve. Okay. Right. And then variations according to standard deviation beyond that. Okay. I am too. What about our hairy friends? Look at that. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's her arm. There's her leg. 84 mm. is her I am. Okay. Is that proof? It's darn good evidence. Yes, it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. How about a bear? I am three. <laughs> See, 100. Their front legs or arms are exactly the same length as their back legs or arms. I am four. How about a giant? This is Andre the giant. Was what, seven foot six inches tall? But his arm length to his leg length was 72. How about dwarf? I am there. Mm -hmm. Two and a half feet tall, but his I am is 72. Okay. And what about other primates? I am six. Gorilla, 122. Wow. Chimpanzee, 104. Their arms are longer than their legs. Okay. How does this help us? Let's go to IM7. In 2002, BBC came out with this expose that was going to debunk the Patterson-Gimlin film. They spent multiple tens of thousands of dollars on a suit. That's the one in red on the left there. Wow. Okay, on the right is our picture of Patty again. Okay, number one, look at the head on the red suit. He's looking back over his shoulder. His head sits up on a pedestal we call a neck. Mm -hmm. You can look right over your shoulder and back. Patty can't do that. She has the same seven vertebrae we have, but, they're, but then so does a giraffe. They're just different sizes. Okay. When she turns her head, she has to open her shoulder to mm -hmm. see behind her. That's why she's in that pose. Mm -hmm. But then look at the I am. She's 84. The one on the red, guess what? 72. Mm -hmm. When they got done with it, BBC put out a statement that rather than debunking the Patterson-Gimlin film, it tended to prove it. Yes. <laughs> Okay. 
All right. Let's go to I am eight and look at one of our favorite people again. <laughs> uh oh, 72. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't make him patty, does it? Mm -mm, no. Nope. Okay. Wow. Let's look at something in the real world. We, we, we see pictures, uh, videos and such. Okay. Let's go to I am nine. And here's the Marble Mountain footage. If you remember this, a group of Boy Scouts came on a a structure back up in the Marble Mountains in Northern California, and he was up on the ridge line. Guess what his IM is? 84. Mm -hmm. Is it real? Good chance of it, isn't it? Right. Yes. IM 10, Independence Day figure. Oh. She stops, picks up her baby. <laughs> IM 84. Yes. Okay. NUTV put out puts out all sorts of stuff, and here's one of theirs. Uh, I am eleven. Seventy-two. Mm-hmm. Guess what? And I am twelve. The James figure. A lot of people argued this as being a Sasquatch with mange. Look at the I am on it. One hundred. It's a bear with mange. Okay, wow. in summation on this section, what you can do is about anything you want to as far as determining the validity, veracity of pictures and films. Okay, you have to be able to get a, a clear shot of the legs and, and the arm in order to do it, but it will debunk them for you very quickly. Now I've done, um, my old buddy Paul Freeman's, and they they check out. They're 84. Uh, the one I haven't been able to get yet, because I can't get a clear picture of both, is the uh, Memorial Day footage, and I'm still working on that one, trying to get a clear picture of both the arm and the leg. Mm -hmm. I tend to think it's real, but I'm not sure. Uh, the reason I tend to think it's real is ABC did a. Uh, short on it where they hired a, a track star from WSU to oh, yeah I saw that to, mm -hmm. to run that the part they never showed you is the fact that he never made the run entirely at any one time he he did it he fell five different times they just pieced it all together okay but they're good at that but yeah when Paul, when Paul Freeman was on Good Morning America with his film back in 94 they had in the interview, they asked him if he had ever made fake feet. Well, we all have in investigating. You make them to see how what you can do alongside of the tracks you, that you have. And the first thing you do is you find out you don't leave any prints because you're wearing snowshoes. <laughs> okay. And he said, yes, I have. I made it to, to, you know, compare with the tracks that I'm finding. When they played the interview on the on the uh, Good Morning America, have you ever made fake prints? Yes, I have. Cut it off right there and then made a video mm -hmm. of it. Okay, at that point, that's the last time I ever watched Good Morning America. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's go to CN's Cry in the Night. <laughs> this uh, this all is this is all very recent. What we're, what we're talking about here, with the exception of one little part, but yeah. in 2022, we were camped CN one is the waveform whoop not jc 
<laughs> I, I have to find it. I, I don't know where it's yeah. at. It's, um, let's see if I can see where it's at. I think it's in the first section that I sent you. There we go. There we go. Keep going. There, there oh, we go. There we go. All right. There we go. Okay. In July of 2022, we were camped in the uh, southern section of the Blue Mountains in Northeast Oregon. And in the middle of the night, they, there came this sound. This is a wavelength. And uh, I'm not good enough at this to be able to play the, the sound for you. I have it. But it's a wow. No modulation, just a tone. Long, drawn-out tone. And this was very interesting. We uh, studied this, worked at it. And then I got an idea from a uh, another person. And I, I borrowed the idea to start with. I will admit that. I got in all sorts of trouble for it, for plagiarizing him. All I did was borrow the idea and carry it on from there. I thought the idea of science was that you, when somebody came out with something, you you corroborated their evidence or or debunked it. But uh, <laughs> evidently, with this person, he likes the money he gets from his from his website more than uh, he like wants uh, verification. Mm -hmm. But in 1972, let's go to CN2. There were two gentlemen uh, down in northern Cal in central California in the Sierras that recorded some sounds. And there's no Sierra sounds. That's Ron Moorhead in the back, Al Berry in the front. And the Barry Moorhead tapes are legend now. And then uh, CN3 is a young man named uh, Scott Nelson. Scott is a cryptolinguist. He spent 20 years in the Navy as a cryptolinguist and 10 years in private life before he started teaching college. He's taken the, the uh, Barry Moorhead tapes and has actually created a phonetic alphabet of those tapes, of the sounds in those tapes mm. from that. The first thing he had to do was slow it down 50% before he started getting the, the pheromones from it, before he started hearing syllables. Wow. That's critical. That's what got me thinking. Okay. Now, if we go to CN4, looking at waveforms, here's a human voice screaming. Okay. CN5, here's a cougar screaming. Wow. Notice how complicated those waveforms are. Mm -hmm. Okay. CN6, this is the Sierra sounds. Wow. Slowed down and the waveform. Isn't that cool? Yes. All right. Yes. CN7. This is Tracy Boson's sound, night sounds slowed oh. down. Wow. Okay. So I got the idea. Let's do CN8. That's my voice. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Uh-huh. Then the coup de grace for this Let's go to CN9. Wow. A five octave note. Wow. 
Now there are people that can span five octaves, but not in a single note. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Wow. Now, I'm not. I'm not a linguist. I certainly am not a singer. <laughs> I'll tell you the type of singer I am. I was singing along something one day, and a friend of mine says, "You don't have any trouble seeing the pulpit in church, do you?" And I, th <laughs> I thought maybe he was talking about my size. I'm six four. I said, well, no, I don't. Why? He says, yeah, with a voice like you, nobody, nobody can ever sit in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I didn't do this. <laughs> that is just amazing. Isn't that amazing? Uh, yes. It's, I, I, I love to see the spectrograms. I just absolutely love it. There again is, is, you know, scientific proof that you cannot, this is something you cannot um hoax right you just it's Absolutely. not possible um brian barber yeah has a question i don't know if you can see that how do we know patty had the same amount of vertebrae i was told that they have one less in their neck which is why the head sits on the shoulders and that's why they don't have full rotation like i accepted that um on on its merit from uh from dr uh melder melder uh, mm -hmm. jeff jeff told me that okay that, that's uh i have not personally done a uh, uh, an autopsy so i don't know for sure right. but jeff told me uh that 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 they did uh so that is subject to mm -hmm. you know to to argument I, i'm certainly not going to say that i'm 100 totally true there okay now we're going to move on to our summation we've made our presentation to the court now we're going to summarize let's go to fs1 <laughs> okay there's our 12 jurors that's you guys out there watching okay <laughs> all right now we've heard from paleontologists in addition to bill munns uh on oh, what's his name uh, did Planet of the Apes. Oh, Won the Academy of the Award for Planet of the Apes. Mm -hmm. And he said that I don't know how they did it because we could not do it with the material we had in 1967. Mm -hmm. Disney Studios said we could not have done that with animatronics. Okay, so we've heard from ex from an Academy Award winner. We've heard from studios. We've heard from on-scene participants. We've heard from investigators. We've heard from creature makers and expert costumers. Mm -hmm. Okay. And all have said said the same thing. It could not be done at that time with the materials available to us. Right. They did not have material that would stretch. Then we have the intermembral index. FS2. How long have we been told that we need reproducible measurable evidence evidence if we we're to move forward mm -hmm. 
what is the intermembral index as applied here if this isn't so? Right. Is that not reproducible evidence? Yes, it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, FS3, FS4, FS5. What's the difference? Mm -hmm. Go back there's, to FS3. There's a clear. Do you know what that long, drawn-out sound you heard is? They're talking to one another over great distance. Wow. Wow. That shows you right there. Mm -hmm. That's a conversation waveform. Wow. Reproducible. Mm -hmm. Measurable. Mm -hmm. In conclusion, you can drop that now and go to FS6. Ask any scientist who works with speech how many classified species exist in the world today that are capable of articulated speech. You know what he's going to tell you? One, us. It has to do with how our tongue attaches to the hiatal bone. Oh. That's a floating bone in your throat. Now, there are others that can make noises. Chimpanzees can squeal and hoot and holler. So can gorillas. But they can't articulate speech. Only one, Homo sapiens sapiens. I submit to you today, in view of what we've just seen, there is a second. Yes, he's unclassified as of yet. But I think we've made a case for his existence. And my choice of names would be Homo sapiens hirsutii, hairy wise man. <laughs> yeah. What say you? Is he guilty? Does he exist? Or is he innocent? Does he not exist? And that's the book. That's, yeah. Now, that's I'm available for questions. I'm available for discussion on any sub, anything we talked about here or yeah. anything about Sasquatch. Just amazing. That was so great. Wow. Um, that, thank Tom. I mean, Wow. Does, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that our viewers, they have to have questions. Jean Hudson did ask, um, did you, when you were referring to the Paul Freeman film, you said that, that you had um, concluded that that was real. That was yes. real. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Jean also says they speak English. It is just a way faster than we can understand. Um, they speak to us the language we speak. I really think they take it right out of our mind. Mm. That's that's what uh, clairvoyants do. Uh, people with, with language clairvoyant skills, okay. well, whoever they're talking to, they can speak their language. Mm -hmm. And I think I these guys can do the same thing. My teacher told me one time, we have no powers, no skills that you did not at one time have. The difference is 35 millennia ago, you stopped adapting to your environment and started adapting your environment to you. And we did. We moved indoors. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we're talking across the campfire. 
We don't need to speak to one another from ridgetop to ridgetop. And in the human body, you don't use it. What happens? You lose lose it. When you say your teacher, I know who you're referring to. Could you give mm -hmm. the viewers just a brief explanation of that? Oh, yeah. 25th of September, 19 or 2010. I was called to an area in the Blue Mountains near near where I lived. And uh, I met a nine foot three inch Sasquatch with a 17 inch footprint by the name of Akinisha. And he is my teacher. He, he has led me in the publication of 15 books. Every one of these, except the first one, were his idea, but he even helped me with that one. And everything that's in these books came through him. Everybody that I teach, that I work with, comes through him. And uh, I, uh, I, my, my old partners, we did a five-year study on glyphs, on their written language in B.C. between... 2012 and 2017, and we're going up this this uh, next month to BC for a reunion. And uh, I was about not to go because my health isn't all that good. Okay, and that's a long trip and, and mm -hmm. hard to do. I I can't walk by myself. I have to use help to walk to get around. But the other night, um. I uh, got a message in the middle of the night. There are people there that need to see you go. Oh. So I will be going. Oh. Okay. Oh. Uh, have I seen the Hoffman footage in, the, in my opinion? Yes, I've done I am on the Hoffman footage and it's 84. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Sean says, I heard Cherokee is their known, their long known language i believe you mean that yes. could be it could be and it might be in that area that, that it mm -hmm. is that's oh that's true yeah um how do you um can you explain how because i know i guys i don't know if i show this way did i but i'm going to show it again this is such mm -hmm. a fantastic book <laughs> oh um and because there's so many it's a sasquatch michael, michael payton did the artwork for the cover of that yeah. book and uh, mystery it's just it answers a lot of the uh, so many questions at, uh, and it's such a great read i meant that book to be a definitive book for people that know what they're talking about with sasquatch mm -hmm. it's <laughs> not for the beginner uh, yeah yeah it's not for the beginner yeah. Yeah, uh, but you know we've we've suffered our slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. There's one group that called me what the Pope of Pope of Wu and Arla Colette. She's the high priestess of Wu. No, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, we're still going there and around. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> so one of the things that you got that's great one of the things that you cover in this book is that you you talk about um that how they um sustain their the, a breeding population yes right so can you explain yes. how that works they on the average of once every seven years okay. and they have semi-annual meetings uh regional meetings and that it's at those meetings where it's decided who's eligible now to have a child and uh, and who wants who's looking to get a mate in our area in BC. Uh, 
the young female there, and she's a very unusual one. She's the only one I've ever seen with blue eyes. I've heard other people say, talking about ones with blue eyes, but she's the only one I've seen. And came time to her for her to mate, and there was a a uh, young male in Oklahoma who was ready to mate. Um, Porsna. Well, Rajasay went to Oklahoma to meet him, and that's what they do. The female will go to the male's home clan, and, and they will decide if that's what they want to do there. Okay, then they'll return if they want to mate. They'll return to her clan to live, unless he's absolutely necessary for, uh, you know, for the clan there. If there's a shortage of, of males, oh. uh, mm -hmm. such like that, they'll stay there. But uh, normally they'll come back, and then like once every seven years. And Raja say, uh, her first pregnancy she had twins, and I, I was fortunate enough to be at the birth of those twins. And can you imagine sitting with 18 <laughs> male Sasquatch watching the birth of twins? Oh my goodness, no. Wow. Where was this at? Where where would where that was in she... BC in British Columbia? Okay. okay. Wow. That's just amazing. Oh, I have a question. How to what how to handle an encounter with a Sasquatch? What do, what do I do and what not to do? You know what I do? Hi there, big guy. What you doing today? My name's Tom. I'm just out doing such and such. I, uh, if I'm in your way, let me know. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. But sure nice to meet you. That's it. I love it. it uh, you know, I'm going to step on some toes here. But they are not aggressive if treated with respect. Okay? I'm 80 years old. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, I'm past 70 years old. And... If you think you have an aggressive Sasquatch, call me. I'll come stand between you and them. Bluetooth disconnected. Bluetooth connected. I, uh, I ha have I ever had them angry at me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can get in the wrong place at the wrong time. You know what I did? I laughed. I came back later when it wasn't a problem. Usually just because there's, there's little ones there. And mm -hmm. I'm almost afraid mm -hmm. for little ones. Tell me a species that a mama won't protect her little ones. Right, right. Uh, Jean wants have, to know I if do you have, have a YouTube, and it's just Tom Cantrell. And my website is just tomcantrell.com. I started out with my first book, ghostsofrubyridge.com. And then by the time I got 10 books, and lit, the, 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 the channel name was just too big. <laughs> <laughs> so I just changed it to my own name. <laughs> That's great. Um, and all of my books are available there as well. And you, if you order them off there, you get them signed. That's that's one. That's the advantage of writing a book. You get to sign it. Yeah. That's why I don't like Kindle. People get really upset. <laughs> Sign their Kindle screen. <laughs> yeah, I like to have the physical book too, but that's just, yeah, you know, that's just me. Um, yeah. yeah, Jean said, uh, yeah, she says that all the time too, that respect goes a long way. And I, and I've. Um, respect I've is been, everything. Um, what, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. One of the first conversations I had with my teacher, he asked me to come out to the mountains because he had some important things to talk about. And I did. It's only a 70 mile drive for me at the time. And uh, 
He said, I do not understand humans. You have no respect. You have no respect for where you live. You have no respect for one another. And worst of all, you don't even have respect for yourselves. Wow. Speaking in the generic, but humans as, as a class. As and a he's theory. absolutely right. Yes, he is. And, wow. Yeah, it's, and it's getting worse. Yes, it is. Look what's going on in our world today. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, you you talk about um, what you do to if you uh, if you know that there's Sasquatch in an area, okay, and what do you do to go and just interact with them? I think this okay. is so cute. <laughs> I uh, I have a set routine, and it works. It works. And I'll, I'll tell you how I learned this after I tell you what it is. Okay. But uh, I have, have my little ice chest, and I love fried chicken hips. Okay. Some people call them thighs. I, I call them chicken hips. <laughs> I get boiled eggs and Diet Pepsi. <laughs> and my Kindle, my folding chair. And I go out and I open my folding chair, sit myself down, grab a chicken hip, a boiled egg, and a Diet Pepsi, open my Kindle, and sit there and eat my food and drink my drink and read my Kindle until they get curious enough to want to know why I'm sitting there. And pretty <laughs> quick, I'll look up and there'll be one peeking, something peeking around a tree at me. And then I just do the same thing. I talk to them. Oh, that's incredible. Tom, have you been told that Patty's real name is Enrith? She was leading Patterson and Gimlin away from her two young ones. Have you heard that or been told? I've heard the name. I'm not sure that. I, that I, that is true because I can't, I can't put a source on it, mm-hmm. but uh, actually she was there on purpose. Yeah. Um, I think her, I think her mate and the children were there too, but she was there for that film. Mm-hmm. Why do you think she walked across the open ground when she got out of sight, she booked Talk to Bob Gimlin about that. When they got to off the, the where she was out of sight, her steps went from 48 inches to 90 inches. Wow. She, she took off running then, but she just sauntered out of sight so that she would be filmed. That was all pre-set up. Wow. Does Bigfoot interact Roger, with I don't. I don't know, Roger. I would assume so. Um, I mean, they're kind of the master's of their domain. I don't know of anything that disturbs them. Okay. Uh, they a normal lifespan on a Sasquatch is about 100 years. No accident befalls them. Do you know if they get do they get diseases? They, they are subject to some diseases, diseases. But you got to remember, they've got the best diet in the world. Mm-hmm. And they're master herbalists. Okay, we play with herbalism. They live by it. Okay, mm-hmm. um, I had something there. I was going to say, don't get old. It's not worth it. Your memory. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well. Um, hmm. Oh well, I guess I can tell you, it'll come back. It's important. Well, they heal. They they heal oh. also. That's that's was the thing. Okay, I thought that no, it was. I thought that because it was like in my head. He's trying to think about healing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, 
they're when they when they mate. Okay, they mate uh, monogamously, and they mate for life. So much so that if in their say in their thirties or forties, one mate dies, and the children are pretty well raised, they probably won't take another mate even. They're that they're that loyal to their mates. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. So stop and think about that. They're not territorial. They don't. Mm -hmm. Sure, they live in an area, but they cross back and forth between one another's areas. Mm -hmm. And when the fish are in the river, they're all down on the river fishing. Okay. Uh, no big deal at all. High country winter or summertime, half the clans up in the high country. Summer wintertime, they're all down in the same area. They're, they do not protect and defend a, a territory. They're not territorial. They're not acquisitive. They don't. They don't acquire and keep things. They use tools, but they use it and discard it, and they don't. They don't keep it. Not like mm -hmm. not like us. Mm -hmm. They're non-aggressive. They're spiritual without being religious. I found this out, but in the discussion, and. They mate monogamously and they mate for life. And if you take those four aspects out of our history, how many wars have we avoided? Mm -hmm. Virtually all of them. Actually. All of them, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you think about tree structures and upside down trees? Now, upside down trees, tree structures are real. Yeah, they, they uh, quite often, those, uh, many of them that I've documented are what I call a crash. They're, keep the babies in while mom and dad are doing something, okay? okay. Uh, the ones that um, uh, Olympic Project have been documenting in the last few years, beautiful examples of that. That's exactly the what big those, the big nests, the big nests. Yeah, the big nests. The baby goes uh, in yeah. there while mom and dad are talking about huckleberries, okay? Yes. Uh, upside down trees, you have to be careful of those. Uh, as a logger, when I was sitting there on the landing board, and uh, nothing to do, no logs coming in. I was not above taking my loader, driving this tree upside down and jamming it in the ground. Okay, oh, so it, it is done. Okay, All but right. it also happens in places no machines have been. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, it does happen. So but you just have you look for other evidence. This is what I mentioned the five-year uh, study that we did in in BC. Mm -hmm. on glyphs. When we started that, nobody even mentioned glyphs. Nobody knew what they were. And now it's a common term. Okay. Mm -hmm. But what we found there, where was I going with this? Um, <laughs> I knew this, this is the this story of my life. You sure oh. you don't have ADHD? Because that's me. And that's the no, story of my C life. I, I got CRC. Can't remember crap. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think that you know with the up to, upside down trees when they if they do that, do you think that's a like a sign of anything? Um, oh, uh, yes. It, it, sometimes it can be, and uh, with the glyphs, the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to tell you with, with the glyphs. In that five years, I had over twenty five thousand pictures of glyphs and structures. Okay. Mm -hmm. I lost one disc one time that had 19,000 pictures. Oh, no. Oh. Now, of those 25,000 pictures, I have shown and shared less than 100. 
because those I can I can authenticate. Mm -hmm. I'm 99% plus sure of who authored them. Okay. The others, the rest of them, yeah, they probably were, or they might be, or I don't know. So I'm not going to share those, but I'll share the ones that I do have a good train of evidence with. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And that's, I would say, yeah, definitely. I'm only, a, um, you know, not quite a year into this, like, mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, that I have a research process uh -huh. and I would, and that's exactly what, yes. And so again, I'm mm. just very new into the research process, but yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Um, you, could you explain like, the, okay, so their family structure. Um, so do they have, um, are, is there a leader to the, to their? There's a, uh, in, in our area, in the Northwest, uh, -huh. uh they live in a clan structure. Okay. And there'll be one to three families in the clan from 13 to 18 individuals in that range. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and just, yeah, there's a clan leader, but he doesn't, you know, he is not autocratic or anything like that. Okay. Uh, he's just kind of, kind of mod modestly in charge, so to speak. Okay. And, uh, he's the one that goes to, to the annual meetings with the, you know, with the crew oh, and, okay. uh, the one in BC, the clan leader there is, is Arishna, and he's a 12 foot tall white Sasquatch. Oh, wow. We have a couple of pictures of him. But, uh, and yeah. do you, is he from BC or is he from somewhere? No, he lives in BC. Whoa, that's amazing. And uh, in Washington, there are, I've identified 21 clans. So that makes it about 320, 300 to 320 individuals live in the state of Washington. Okay. I, I just um, protracting from there probably about fifteen to eighteen thousand in North America. Okay. Now you have three hundred and say three hundred and twenty individuals living in the state of Washington. They live a hundred years. That means every year there'll be three deaths in seventy two thousand square miles. In case you're wondering why it's difficult to find a body, <laughs> okay, that's number one. Number two, they bury their dead. Okay, I've got some beautiful gray pictures. Oh wow! Uh, and uh, yeah, so and they may be four feet down, or they may be twenty feet down. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you're not going to find them by accident. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, okay. So yeah, they they do things. They do the same things we do. They just do it differently. Yeah. Uh, so in that in that family, so in the clan, um, and you said there there could be um, two families or three families. Yeah, it could be saying? three families. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So would that be um, you know like sisters, brothers? Um, uh, could be, or it could be when they go out of their area to take a mate mm -hmm. because they understand the problems with inbreeding. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they do that to avoid that since they have such a low population, they're very careful about that, mm -hmm. not to breed too closely. And uh, that's that's the reason for that. Um, the funny thing about that, I was telling Arla, she lives in Oklahoma, where, where uh, uh, Fort Orsino is from. And I was describing uh, Rajasay to her because Rajasay, last, last time I was in BC, we were out, uh, Camp, uh, hiking. Oh, it was raining. It was wet. 
Oh. And she wanted to wanted to talk to me, but she didn't want everybody else around. So they wanted to hike up to what we call the green tank. And it's a pretty uphill thing. And I was having to use my walker then to get around. So I told them, just go ahead and go. I'll sit right here and wait for you. I said, oh, no, we'll wait. No, 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 go, go, go. <laughs> she had told me where to meet her. <laughs> I thought I had to use a stick to beat them off to make them go. And they were no more than out of sight around the corner and up the hill, and she came out. And um, like I said, she had blue eyes. And oh. her her hair, her head isn't steeply, doesn't have the, the steep ridge. And uh, her hair looks like it's been like cut like a flat top. Wow. And I started to explain to Arla that she said, wait a minute. She said, I saw her. She said, just a second. She went and got her notes. Oh and my came goodness. back and read her, her notes back to me from Oklahoma when she was there to meet Forsna. She had seen her, read it back oh. identical to what, that, what she was. Oh my goodness. That's just amazing. Yeah. Wow. So, th th so then, um, so they are back in. So she brought her, you know, I guess husband back. To uh -huh. Is that yeah. okay? Is that what they do? Or do, does it, like you yeah. said, just whatever, just they, yeah. they do whatever. She may have stayed there in Oklahoma or. She, yeah. They, they Usually if they can, they come back to the, to the okay. female's home. Okay. Uh, All right. and, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's, she's still there. She said, she has a twins and I just had a, another new one last year. Wow. Uh, Sean, um, Sean Flynn asks, are you, you're in Washington state. Is that right? Yes. Tom? Yes. Mm -hmm. You're in what, what part, what yeah. part generally? I'm, I'm in Enumclaw, right? Right next to the. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. That's not far from me at all. I'm in, um, no, I no, live on the Key Peninsula. Yeah. On the Key Peninsula, Pierce County. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, well, okay. So Brian says, what's the most precious experience you've had and what's the scariest experience? Oh, most precious was meeting my teacher. No, 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 no. It had to be the twins. Had to be the twins, the birth oh. of the twins. Oh. That just, oh, it's unreal. unreal. Oh, wow. No, but meeting my teacher would have been a close second. Uh, I mean, my sister one time said, why do you spend so much time with something like that? <laughs> I said, Listen, I've had a an individual nine foot tall, that 90% of the world doesn't believe even exists, hold my hand. What would that be worth to you? Yeah. Right. The scariest, the scariest is involving other people because I never know how they're going to react. Mm. But I've never had a scary incident with Sasquatch. Never in 65 years. Oh, are you going to tell you? I was going to tell you how I got started with that system I use for waiting for. Uh-oh, and he frees up. Oh, yeah, I think. Engineering. Okay. That said, I have never worked a day for a company as an employee, as a logging engineer. I got out of college and found out what they paid. <laughs> and I had my little Jippo logging company going, it paid more than that. But what I did, <laughs> What I did do was I did a lot of consulting work in the state of Washington. If you're going to build a road that crosses a stream used by anadromous fish runs, that's salmon, steelhead, type yes. of water, the ocean, come back. Mm -hmm. You have to have a permit from the state. Yep. In order to get that permit, you have to fill out a, a report. 
So that's what they would hire me to do. And of course, their staff engineers got the ones that were all close to the road. They hired me for the ones that were six mile hike in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but that's all right. I, I made more in a, in a weekend doing that than I would have made as a, in a month as an employee for them. So, <laughs> uh, so I would hike in and I'd do all the measurements. You got to measure the water flow, measure the stream, the soil type, you know, kind of rock, your uh, approaches and all of that. And I found out early on, the last thing you want to do is get all those measurements, hike back out, sit down at your desk that night to draw it up and find out you've forgotten a measurement and had to walk back in the next day. So <laughs> it'll ruin your whole weekend for you. <laughs> so I, what I did is I would just sit down on the bank when I had everything I thought I needed and do a rough drawing and make sure all the measurements were there. Then I could, I could go home safely. And it was doing that, I'd hear a, it's a, just a little up down whistle. Oh my um, gosh. I whistle only slightly better than I sing. Yeah. And that's I've all heard that. I have heard that in my driveway. And I have, a, I have a recording of it. Grizzly, you've heard that. It's like, yes, exactly. Yes. Go. Oh my gosh. Oh my yeah. gosh. And what I finally found out, it's on track seven of uh, the Sierra Sounds, too. Ooh, that gave it's me the very, chills. very definite there. Yeah. And, uh, but what that means is I've got my eye on the big guy over here. <laughs> and I'd, I'd hear that and I'd look up and here'd be an eyeball peeking around a tree at me. Wow. Uh, and they, they get curious why. I mean, I'm back in old growth timber four or five, six miles. There's not been anybody there in 500 years. Yeah. Right. And, uh, yeah, and uh, so, yeah, they get curious and here they come. Wow. No Can such thing as a road Sasquatch. They Is take care of their own. Okay. If it's so rogue, it's not a Sasquatch. Oh. There are, there are okay. other entities, but it's not a Sasquatch. Oh. Okay. Can you see that next they, to They're they very opportunistic, Roger. Uh, Roger. Mm -hmm. They will live wherever they can. Just a, a, a shelf, a rock shelf is fine. They're, uh, they're well insulated and they do just fine. Um, and. Yeah, they do like to be out of the weather and bad weather, but uh, but uh, wherever they. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. do, in um, in the book, in this book, you say about that. Um, usually, um, did you say like an adolescent or an, maybe a, a older teen uh, male is in charge of? In charge of the kids when yeah, when the, yeah. when the parents are working. All right, the older, I mean, from weaning size on. Okay. Uh, you know, like two-year-olds on a toddler mm -hmm. size on, they will be with one of the older uh, adolescent males, oh, and he'll wow. be in charge of them. Uh, there's a lake over just across the crest of the Cascades, starting down the other side. Oh. It's a, a irrigation impoundment, and by September, it's way down, and the, the uh, banks are just flat, and great place for tracks, great place for following. Oh. And uh, that's where uh, two of our group, uh, actually, was one of them, got the butt casts. We got oh, casts yeah. of where they sat in the mud. Uh -huh. And uh, one of them was a female. You can see the labia. You can see the yeah. anus. And, uh, yeah, and the cast. And the other one was a male. You can see the scrotum. 
and uh, and the anus. Yeah, in in that area. And it's a great, great area for that. And uh, uh, we do a lot of of work over there. That's great. Um, Jean said they, wait, I'm sorry. They, they, They may be found, I'm trying to, she said they be found, I'm sure that's not what she meant. They may be found in Detroit in abandoned homes. Dog. You know, I don't don't discount that. I don't discount that at all. That makes sense. Uh, Like you said, they're opportunistic. Yeah, Yeah, they are very opportunistic. And Mm -hmm. if they can find where they're, they are where the bee is. Mm -hmm. Like every other being, you know, we live really close to our refrigerator. Yes. uh, Yeah, yeah. because, you know, I feel like it's a, um, it was probably still is with it that it's a misconception that they all live way out where nobody can you know see them or find them (laughs) and you don't agree you you don't agree with that no they one in our area and it's one you can watch for too is uh winter time november especially december january and into february all the minus tides or extra low tides are all at night and they're all down on the beach feeding them yes because yes. there's more protein per acre in tideland than there is any place else in the world oh wow so yeah. they can load up on protein at that time because it's the middle of the night nobody's out there in the mm-hmm. middle of the night yeah. in this state mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. december yeah right Yes. You know, that's, um, it's, that's very ironic because I was, I was telling the guys Grizzly and some of the other guys that we have shows with, um, that that was last year, um, in December was the best audio that I have captured. But like you said, you lost, I lost two weeks worth. And it was when mm-hmm. my, um, I, I didn't know I had to back it up from my home security system. I didn't know I had uh-huh. to back it up. I didn't. And then it, it like kind of, you know, during a power outage shut down and I lost it. I lost it all. Mm-hmm. But now I know save them um ryan says have you been have you been to michigan tom and have you been have you any experiences there i've been to michigan but i have not had any experiences there uh actually i don't even recall if i got out that much i was there for a conference one time but i don't think i got out um i love conferences you get to meet so many people and you know it's just so much fun um uh, yeah, but no, I, Brian, I love Brian saying, Yeah, sorry. Don't don't apologize for the questions because this is great. No, no, said, no, no. Yeah, he said, I feel like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And also Tammy Johnson said, this has been amazing. I feel like I'm taking a class or I'm in a seminar. You know, <laughs> I, I've never learned so much about big, but I love that. That's great. And I agree. Wow. Well, you know, that's my job now. That's what my teacher has me doing. I have people that, that I mentor. I had a mentor. And I have people that I mentor, and uh, now most of them are on their own. Brian, my my partner up in BC, when we started together, oh my heavens, he got my earwax burned burned out more than once for the annex he was pulling. <laughs> Get him under control. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but he's totally on his own now. He's written books on his own. He yes. hosts his own people and. You know, uh, within Barb and Gabby's group, you know, there's yes. a good portion of those are people that I've mentored into the, in the stand, got them been with Barb. And, uh, and yeah, they, do, they do things uh, really well, too, there. It, on their outings, if somebody has an event, they reenact it. 
Wow, that's great. Yeah, they'll go back and, well, we saw him here. They'll go right back. Well, it's still fresh in their mind. I got them doing that a few years ago. And, uh, you know, go right back. Well, still fresh in everybody's mind. Mm -hmm. This is where this was. This is where that was. And then, you know, this is how big they had to be in order to see him like that. Mm -hmm. um, and right. Makes all the world. And it's all on film. <laughs> Taking somebody to, to lunch with Barb's and experience all of its own. You know, he was talking about something, you know, and then so this and this happened and this happened. And here's the film that went with it. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, were you there um, when Barb got that Bigfoot cloaking? Cloaker? No, no. No, okay. I, I, I couldn't remember. Okay. All no, right. that was before I knew her, actually. Okay. It was just, right. just actually um, months before I knew her. Wow. Um, yeah. But yeah, she only lives was... 20 minutes from me. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So we, we spend a lot of time together. I can't camp, camp at her camps anymore, but I go up by the day. Sure. That's some, great. Get right. somebody to drive me up and, and back. So it's close enough. You it's, do mention cloaking in your in the book, and do, you said that they don't, um, you wouldn't call it cloaking. Is that how, how would, how would, what? Well, it's it, it's it's cloaking by the definition. Mm -hmm. But if you understand how noise canceling headphones work, where you invert the signal and feed it back in, do that in the optical range, and that's what you're doing. Everything's still there; you just can't see it because wow. it's been blanked out. And they do that. They can do that. They have the bit. How they do it, I have no idea. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, wow. I don't know what technology would be involved? So they're still there. It's just yeah. you can't. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Arma um, got got cloaked with one with her teacher one time. Uh, he cloaked her and him together. Oh wow! They walked wow. right through a flock of wild turkeys oh, without wow. being seen. Yeah. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Somebody yeah. had. Oh, um, what about the videos of juveniles walking into populated areas? Have you seen those? Do you? No, I, I haven't seen. I haven't seen those. I haven't seen them. Yeah. I haven't seen those either. Um, I won't say impossible. I could, let me tell you about the impossible thing. Um, uh, Charlie Shepard wrote Wolford Dodd, Autumn Williams' mother, wrote a book called uh, Valley of the Skookum. Very good book. Highly recommended. Okay. okay, and that's just down the road from me here three, four miles is where that took place. And she talks in that book about uh, about seeing a set of tracks appearing across the field with nothing making them, just the tracks appearing. And at the break at the at the uh, con at the conference, or that was down in Eugene, Oregon. And uh, I had two dozen people come up and ask, is that true? Does that happen? I says, you know, that's Sally's experience. It's not mine. I don't know. I, you know, it's never happened to me, but that doesn't mean it hasn't happened to her, because not everything happens to me. Okay, and uh, it was that next spring, we were out. Uh, Ivan, uh, uh, Igor, Bertzev, oh, yes, from, Ru from Russia was over, and I was hosting him, and we were driving around. We were down McMinnville, Oregon, meeting a the guy there, and while they were hiking, I stayed by the car. And while I'm sitting there, I'm watching across this uh, swale, a salmonberry swale, and here's two sets of tracks side by side appearing in the in the swale. I was glad. I'm sure glad I didn't poo-poo that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow! 
Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Whoa, that's incredible. Oh my yeah. God. These these are incredible incredible people. Oh. And make make no mistake, they are a people. Okay. They're more intelligent than we are. They don't want anything to do with us. That proves that. Okay. <laughs> uh, in in their way. Now we have we have technology that they don't have, but we don't have the you know the the uh, size of brain that they have. Oh, okay. Okay. Do yeah. do you um have you heard that they have what was it Grizzly somebody had said that there was two, like was it hearts and two hearts and double rolls of teeth. Some yeah, of so I I have, I have heard of some with double rolls of teeth. I don't know about the heart. You'd have to you'd have to have a. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, autopsy to, to yeah, that. um, yeah, because we were just saying that, yeah, just their the lung capacity that they have. Their lung capacity is huge. Plus, they've got these these uh, echo chambers on their throats, you know, and uh, that's why they can get the sounds they get. Wow. You know. oh. Plus, their 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 sounds go from below ours to way above ours. Mm. They, that's amazing. Look at look at their waveforms on spectrograph, and it goes from like ten hertz up to fifty thousand. Wow, so great! So, um, yeah, does anybody have any other questions? Let's get them in now, because Tom has the answers. <laughs> this yeah, is all right. Oh, this I'm, been, I'm always approachable. Oh, that's I, amazing. I, sit, I live in an assisted living place, and as boring as can be. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Food is terrible. Oh so. no! <laughs> oh but, yeah, so you're ready to, to yeah. at any time. That's I'm always up. always ready for a good conversation. You better be careful. You're going to be like, oh no, it's Barb Hartman again. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but that's the book. That's uh, hey. that's what's the proof. Everything wow. we talked about today's in there, and uh, it's a pretty good book. Yes, um, mm -hmm. Brian had said, "Can they echo like a howler monkey?" You know, I don't know. I've never seen that done, but uh, I, they can do so much with their voices. I wouldn't say no, certainly. They it's can mimic not... um, humans, right? Is that? Oh, yeah. That what... yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody talking to me and I find out they weren't there even. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, and I just... I want you to tell that just real quick, tell the viewers, like they actually um, healed your heart. Is that? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And that's in the book you have. Mm -hmm. uh, but yes, I was, uh, we were at uh, Camp Broken Arrow. Uh, there were 10 of us in camp. And uh, <laughs> the first day I was having heart troubles. I mean, I was having bad heart troubles. Mm -hmm. It was just, I, I'm in nature of fibrillation. 100% of the time. Okay, but that day it was it was bad. I was going to have to go home the next morning. I just knew mm. it. And as a matter of fact, Jeff Rohn, just last year, he says, if you ever tell him that story, you can tell him I told uh, Jim Domain that we were going to have to carry you home in the back of the truck. It yeah. looked that bad. But uh, we went to bed at night, and I had <laughs> Sue, my research partner, calls it my princess mattress it's a 16 inch high air mattress and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so i wouldn't feel the pee yeah uh, so she was at one end of the tent and i was at the other end of the tent i had a big tent 
I had a big tent. And uh, about 4 in the morning, 4.20 in the morning, I wake up and I'm hearing and it's coming right out of there. Sue's awake. She's, where's that noise coming from? I said, right out of my chest. Oh my gosh. And I could hear him walking around outside the tent, right outside where I was in the tent. And uh, it went on for, I said 20 minutes. Sue said, no, it went on for two hours before you woke up. Wow. And, uh, Wow. But it, it set my heart back in rhythm, made it work right again. Gosh. And uh, the next morning I get up, walk over to the fire, and Jim Domain's standing there. What were you and Sue doing walking through camp in the middle of the night talking? I said, we weren't. I never got out of bed. Sue looked out the door once, but she didn't, didn't leave the tent. Well, we heard you guys walking through camp. Jeff Rohn got up. What were you and Sue doing walking? <laughs> Eight of, well, six of the of the ten. When they got up, wanted to know what Sue and I were doing walking through camp talking in the middle of the night. We got looking. There's two sets of tracks right from our tent to the fire and then up out the road, down, down the Logan Road. And they all agreed. With, I said, well, what were we saying? As well, we couldn't understand words, but it was, you know, you, you and Sue both had very distinct voices and we knew it was you. They were wow. imitating this. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> That's just incredible. Yeah, that was, wow. that was one time. Uh, two weeks later, we were up on the Continental Divide up uh, uh, between um, Montana and Idaho. Uh, I mean, we were looking at the top of the ridge. We were on the Idaho side and the other side of the ridge is Montana. That's how close we were. Oh. And uh, they did it again. They came back in and, and did it much less, less that time, but just tweaked it a bit. But uh, yeah. And then there's two others that happened in Georgia that's in that book too, other incidents of, of healing they did for me. And that was before I had my shoulder replacement surgery. And I was in so much pain with that shoulder, it was unreal. And uh, they took care of that for me there too. And uh, yeah. They've done some miraculous things. How they do it, I don't know. I have no idea. But, but they do it. And all I can do is report what I saw. Mm -hmm. you know, right. I, right. I, you know, I'm in a position 65 years at this. If I ever told a lie about any of this and it was proven, I would have 65 years of credibility just like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And can I be wrong? Yes, I can be wrong. You know, I can misinterpret just like anybody else. And I'm going to see it through my eyes, but see sure. through my experience. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Somebody else may see the same thing and see something totally different. Mm -hmm. In my book, Face-to-Face, uh, uh, -face, Sasquatch Face-to-Face, -face, there's 32 accounts of face-to-face -face encounters. And uh, it amazes me how many of them, the person talks about being absolutely scared to death because this huge thing, I don't know what he's doing. He's standing there looking at him. Wow. <laughs> so it's our perception. Yeah. It's not what's happening. It's our perception of what's happening. Not something that yeah. you expect to, one expects mm -hmm. to. <laughs> right. Be, be wow. respectful. Be friendly. I never take a picture unless I ask. Okay. Even if I'm just taking pictures of the scenery. Mm -hmm. I'll ask. Mm -hmm. 
And the one picture I have of my teacher, he photobombed me. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, you I'm know, really I, I, because you know Mike Scott, right? Mike mm -hmm. Scott. Yeah. Yep. He was, I would say, is was my first mentor, and um, and then he, um, and then do you know Kevin Royce? He yeah, I know Kevin. Okay, he's yeah, he's a neighbor. He's a neighbor of mine. Oh, okay, so, cool. Yeah, so when I made my um my um Facebook page, and he joined it, and then he said we're close and we have plans. So I'm like, wow, okay, then this isn't, you know, it's not my imagination what's going on. But so I learned that, yeah, from you guys as far as like what to do. And, and I, you know, maybe that's why I've been having the success. Mm -hmm. I asked for, uh, for permission and thank them and, you know, and kind of try to respect their space. Um, uh, one of the, um, let me see, Yolanda said, I wonder if there's healing frequencies, if that's what they, if that's how they knew that you were saying. Sure, there are. I don't know enough about that to, to, okay. to speak on it. You know, literally, literally, but uh, but I'm sure there must be there's some medium that they use. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, does anybody? I guess this Grizzly. Do you have any questions? No, not at all. It's been a fantastic show. Oh, I loved it. We've, so we've talked a minute of mission, huh? That's right. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you came on the show, and I appreciate yes. your time you very me. much. Oh, thank uh, you so much. This was fantastic. Well, yeah, maybe we'll do it again sometime. Just talk yes. about that. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll cover one of your books. I'll definitely set you up and, yeah. you know, for, yeah. Cause oh, but wow, I, I did, I did want to cover this proof thing. Cause to me, that's, that's important. I, people yes. need to have an argument. Don't worry about the idiots. They're always going to be idiots. Yeah. My yeah. brother-in-law said doesn't count. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. You're going to cite somebody who's who said that. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. It's just hearsay until we know who said it can talk to them mm -hmm. right yes this is great this is uh dispelled a lot of the myths with the suit and the and you know and the and the the fake claims and yeah with the patterson yeah. given um yeah, yeah that well, i'll tell you what i am very open-minded about everything but well you know with this subject because i don't you know you never know when but that is one thing that really irks me when when people try to dis disparage um oh let me tell that you that situation and Bob Gimlin is the night just Bob, such a nice oh, Bob Bob is one of the nice real person. human beings in life. I will tell you. He's a good, very you two good are very, friend. Yes, he's a very good and, friend of and, yours. And he's doing a little better now. He was had some, some, had some oh, rough good. times. So he's ahead. doing better now. I'm trying to get together a time where I can go over and have lunch again. When I lived in Tri Cities, we used to get together for lunch a couple of times a month. And uh and uh but we, since I moved back over here, can't do that as often. Of course, he can't drive anymore, and I can't drive anymore. So we have, we're subject to other people doing it for us. Mm -hmm. But uh, I talked to him just the other night, and he's doing a lot better. That's but to somebody dis disparage him in front of me, they got, mm -hmm. just stop and think about this. Bob's an old, old cowboy. He really is. He's a throwback 150 years. Okay? If people treat him, called him a liar, like they mm -hmm. do today, 150 years ago, they'd have gotten shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Mm -hmm. Your word was your bond, you know, and Bob's mm -hmm. that way today. His words is, will he tease you? Oh, yeah. He'll tease the daylights out of you. <laughs> Bob and I were sitting at the summit one time. We're talking together. And of course, you know, Bob, where Bob is, there are ladies everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, somebody comes up and says, how come all the good looking girls are around you two? 
Bob says, we're safe. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's great. (laughs) Well, Tom, thank you so much. This is just thank you for having me. Yeah, thank thank you guys. I didn't hear the verdict come back yet. I didn't. Oh, so I, I mean, I know that I, I think what, what was it that guilty? Definitely, yep. we know, we. Know. Yeah. yeah. And I know oh, everybody believes. Yeah, the viewers yeah. are just—they're just—they're. Yeah, this everybody believes. Now. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And thank from coast to coast and around the world, yeah. <clears throat> that's right. We'll see you on the next show. Bye. Bye. Take care. <laughs>